0: This episode of the Media Leader podcast was edited by our production partner, Trisonic. For a full range of audio, media buying, and creative services, including podcast production, check out trisonic.co.uk.
1: We're investing a lot in terms of establishing the relationship of our audience to the TV audience, but we're not using that to, or we don't want to use that to kind of like push out the message that TikTok is like TV. It's just
0: not the way we think about it. Welcome to the Media Leader podcast. I'm Jack Benjamin. In just a few short years, TikTok has gone from a platform for people to primarily post dance videos on to a major media company to rival not only the likes of Meta, Twitter, and Snapchat, but also other forms of traditional media like TV and publishing in terms of attention and time spent. As TikTok continues to develop what it says is a full-funnel advertising solution, such as through increased commerce capabilities, how it measures its advertising and drives effectiveness becomes increasingly important to marketers. We get a lot of requests, be it for our coverage or at our events, to focus on the importance of measurement. Especially in a macroeconomic environment where money is tight, marketers are wanting to make sure that they're getting good bang for their buck. That's why I was excited to sit down with TikTok's head of client measurement for Europe, Israel, and Global Gaming, Steve Lockwood, to discuss the company's approach to measurement. We talked about why Lockwood has soured on last click attribution, what new measurement standards need to be considered in a post cookie digital future. TikTok's ongoing research into attention measurement, and how TikTok is working to collaborate on cross-media measurement initiatives like Project Origin in the UK. I will note, TikTok has of course been in the news a lot in recent weeks on topics related to its deal with Universal Music Group lapsing, and its CEO, Sho-Zi Chu, testifying before the US Senate Judiciary Committee alongside other social media CEOs. We recorded this interview some time ago while those stories were still developing, and we did not discuss those topics as we kept the conversation rather narrowly focused on measurement. But you can read our coverage of those events and more on our website at themedialeader.co.uk. Here is our conversation. We hope you enjoy. Steve, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for, for being here to chat. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Before we get into questions on measurement at TikTok and, and across media, really, I want to get to know you a little bit better. I saw you on stage at the Four U Summit last year, but I haven't actually met you before this. And I want to know a little bit about how long you've been working in media, what drew you to work in media, media measurement specifically, because it is uh, a niche profession, but an incred- incredibly important profession. So yeah, how'd you get started? How I got started was actually
1: more on the measurement analytical side uh, before I got into media. Uh, so my first My first role was actually with the Government Statistical Service, Uh, so I did a contract at the Office of National Statistics, Uh, did a contract at the Office for the Deputy Prime Minister, which existed at the time. Uh, The Deputy Prime Minister was uh, John Prescott Uh, at the time, uh, he felt that he needed his own stats office Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. And I did that for a couple of years uh, after graduation. Uh, and my first role in uh, media, or in marketing, uh, was as a marketing analyst at the Consumers Association, so Which Magazine. Uh, so I was a campaign analyst uh, for them, doing uh, measurement for their, uh, for their lifestyle magazines, uh, mostly through, uh, through direct marketing. I then progressed on to working at a couple of different agencies, so a media agency and a full-service creative agency. Where I got more into doing things like media mix modeling production, customer segmentation, propensity modeling, uh, again, campaign analysis, uh, working on behalf of the clients uh, of the agency. I then moved over to Australia in 2008, uh, where I spent the first four years there as the strategy director for a analytics consultancy, uh, a very small kind of boutique consultancy called Talk. Then I moved on to Facebook, uh, which is my uh, first dip into you know, the technology kind of uh, media landscape. Uh, so I joined uh, Facebook in 2014. I was there for four years. I joined as measurement partner initially, uh, but then I uh, progressed on to being the uh, head of marketing science for Australia and New Zealand as part of the APAC region. Uh, built out that team got heavily involved in what was a period of uh, pretty rapid growth uh, uh, for Facebook at the time particularly in that region mm. uh, and really building out their uh, their measurement capability both on the brand side and the performance side then uh, moved on for a few years at a uh, a finance startup slash scale up uh, in Australia called uh, called finder working on internal analytics primarily but also marketing analytics for finder themselves, uh, and then integrating that into uh, product analytics and operational analytics. Uh, then uh, moved back to the UK in 2020, uh, just in time for the pandemic to kick off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I joined uh, I joined eBay, uh, focused on the eBay classifieds group. Uh, so I was doing uh, analytics and measurement for uh, brands like Gumtree, Motors.co.uk, uh, the eBay Motors group. Uh, I was there for uh, two and a half years and then uh, 18 months ago joined TikTok. Uh, and so my role at TikTok is I lead uh, client measurement for uh, Europe, Israel, and the global gaming teams. Uh, so th- the main role of, uh, of my team is to really support uh, advertisers and agencies, uh, measure the effectiveness of the campaigns uh, that they're running on TikTok. Uh, this is via a combination of first party tools that we've created, uh, and the third party partnerships that we've established uh, out in market. And we work closely across the marketing science organization. So we're, we're integrating measurement with uh, research, research and insights functions and data science functions and work very closely along, alongside the business solutions team, uh, to really demonstrate success for clients and help them uh, execute effectively on TikTok to build
0: their own success from the platform. Mm. So you've you've been around lots of different types of media companies. Yes, um, definitely important. You know, to, to go from one social media company in Facebook when it was still Facebook, and then mm-hmm. now you're at TikTok. I'm just curious. Um, you know, before we get into measurement questions, just because you've you've seen different social media companies, how would you describe the the current state of social media compared to when you were leaving Facebook in like, 2017? I mean lots of changed um i'm just curious what what direction you expect it to go i've talked to reddit previously and they mentioned that we're focusing more on communities now than we yeah. perhaps were at that time i'm i'm curious how you view it it was kind of interesting because when i when i first joined facebook in 2014
1: that wasn't it wasn't right at the start of the social media you know growth but it was it was still pretty early days i think that uh, I'm trying to remember what the the number of active users was at Facebook. I think it was around 800 million, and now they're over three billion. Uh, <laughs> so it was uh, very very early stages, and I think the the overall objective of social media companies at the time was really all about connection. Back then, it was I think social media companies were trying to find trying to find their purpose as much as en- as much as anything else, and so whereas I think it it, it started with those uh, connection with friendships, it then kind of evolved into. Connecting uh, consumers to businesses and connecting, like as Reddit said, uh, you know, connecting people across communities where social media kind of extended beyond the immediate people that you know, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it became more of a a platform to, you know, introduce you to uh, communities that uh, that are around you or share similar interests. And now, I think with uh, with TikTok, the way that it's evolved is. We're much more focused on uh, on entertainment, and uh, you know the the commerce part of our business is, uh, mm. is becoming a high growth. So, we don't necessarily see ourselves as a social media business. We're an entertainment business primarily, mm. which is growing in the commerce space. But we are connecting people still to uh, to communities with shared interests, and so in that respect, it's it's kind of stayed consistent. But I think the output and the experience that we're trying to offer is, has evolved into more of a uh, more of an entertainment one than a than a than a connection one, I guess.
0: Mm. And I, I will want to ask you about that because I think it has interesting implications for for how advertisers would use the yeah. platform if you viewed yourselves more as an entertainment company than as a social company. Um, but I'll circle back to that. First, you know, I mentioned I saw you give a presentation at the TikTok's for You Summit. While you were there, you argued basically that the attribution model for measurement is outdated, that a new model is needed. Can you explain what you were talking about there? Um, I'm sure there's many people that are measurement experts that do listen to the podcast, but especially for the ones that don't. What exactly are you referring to? The main thing in that presentation that I was
1: referring to was uh, a specific component of attribution. So it was last-click attribution, Mm -hmm. last-click measurement. Uh, So last-click measurement... It kind of became about uh, in the early 2000s uh, where uh, digital advertising started uh, growing quite significantly. Uh, and so, you know, paid search listings, banner ads, uh, a little bit of retargeting was starting to become a much bigger piece of people's media mixes. And uh, there wasn't an immediately obvious way to, to measure it. Uh, but when uh, cookies became uh, the norm for measurement, uh, that enabled uh, this view of measurement to be based on uh, clicks. So the the assumption at the time was, well, if someone's clicking on uh, my ad, and then they go on to convert, then it, there must have been a huge amount of relevance in the, the fact that they clicked on it. And so it then enabled very, very easy reporting based around last clicks, so I last click through to uh, through to conversion. Uh, it was automated, it was quick, it was low cost, it was easy to implement. And um, I think in the days where it was primarily search listings and banner ads, it it, it made a lot of sense, you know, there there wasn't a huge amount of options in digital advertising around you know there certainly wasn't any video opportunity there wasn't any even you know large image opportunity it was it was very much uh, heavy direct response uh, or you know pure performance uh, as it's it's now now really known and so the idea of being able to see an easy roi based on clicks was uh, was beneficial to advertisers who were just getting into uh, digital advertising however you know the digital advertising ecosystem has evolved so quickly since those since those early days. Uh, we've now got you know mobile advertising, we've got video advertising, we've got advertising uh, propositions like on uh, YouTube and TikTok, for example, which kind of like replicate the experience on traditional media uh, um, platforms in uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, but the measurement processes and the measurement approaches haven't really caught up. Mm. And so the issue with last click measurement nowadays is that it hasn't evolved to keep pace with uh, the way that the advertising ecosystem has evolved on, on digital channels. Uh, and I think a lot of people overlook the fundamental flaws in the methodology. So last click measurement, what it's essentially saying is that 100% of the credit for the conversion is down to the last known touchpoint, uh, mm. which when you kind of zoom out and think about it from a logical perspective, it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, and it's not just in, in marketing. Uh, so at the four-year summit, I gave the football analogy that I know that you saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is basically demonstrating the idea that is there any significant outcome uh, in any part of life uh, that is exclusively driven by the last preceding event? Uh, and you know the football uh, goal was was one example, but there are dozens of examples that uh, that can demonstrate that that actually makes no sense. So there is no logical reason why we should be using that as the primary source of measurement for uh, for digital advertising not that everyone is uh, but there are still many businesses that rely on it and i think that with last click measurement just to clarify i don't think it's misleading i don't think it's inaccurate like it's doing what it's claiming to do you know there's um there's no ambiguity about the methodology all the platforms that offer it they're very very clear about what they're doing But I think it's the risk for businesses uh, lies where if last-click measurement is being used to make large-scale business decisions, particularly around when it comes to uh, how investment is distributed across channels, this is where it becomes a problem. Because as long as last-click measurement basically disregards all of the other activity uh, preceding that last-click and then ultimately the conversion – it's basically disregarding the impacts that is uh, that is offered by uh, all kinds of channels that don't have you know the same kind of dynamics when it comes to people clicking on them that
0: paid search display retargeting channels do i think the 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 football analogy you alluded to earlier was sort of like it counts the person who scored the goal, but not the rest of the team that was passing the ball that allowed the opportunity Exactly. to be scored. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned cookies are deprecating, things are going to be changing, Mm. uh, presumably. I mean, what would you like to see replace last-click attribution as, if not a standard, then as certainly an option? Or, I mean, I think you said, quote, when it comes to measurement, there's no silver bullet and there never will be. A good Mm. source of truth still needs multiple inputs. I mean, what are those types of inputs that you would like to see more of in the future? So the three core measurement solutions, in, in our
1: opinion, uh, that need to be in place for any robust measurement strategy are incrementality measurement, a version of attribution, and then medium-most modeling, or some kind of long-term uh, modeling solution. Uh, so incrementality measurement, that is uh, an area of measurement that is is viewed as probably the best source of truth. Uh, so incrementality, or conversion lift, that's based around the principles of experimentation. So this is where you have a test group uh, that gets exposed to the ad and a control group that doesn't get exposed to the ad. And you can do this in a number of different ways. So we have our own conversion lift product. All of the major channels have a very comparable product. Advertisers can do their own geographic uh, experimentation. And the results of those are basically uh, they're demonstrating the uh, the conversions that you had specifically attributable to that campaign, regardless of whether they clicked on an ad or whether they saw an ad for five seconds versus two seconds. Or uh, It's almost irrelevant. Built around an intention to treat methodology, th- this is where it, it gets very, very accurate in terms of uh, the level of actual true incrementality that each of the channels are offering. Mm. And the methodology is important. So intention to treat... That's derived from the fact that this methodology has historically been used in medical trials. Uh, So the medical trial approach was basically saying, well, uh, we've got this group of people that we're going to give the the real medicine to, this group of people that we're going to give the placebo to. The intention to treat was basically saying that we don't know if everyone's going to fully follow instructions uh, for the test group or the control group. And so we're going to look at the overall impact of the full test group, regardless of whether they follow instructions or uh, versus the the full control group. Uh, and it's very important when this is against, uh, uh, overlaid against advertising measurement, where because we execute based on algorithms that uh, that take into account people's interests in, in real time and uh, you know redefine the the audience on an ongoing basis. The way that we define the test group is, we will look at the conversions for the whole test group, whether they actually receive the ad or not. Is our intention to serve them an ad, but because of the algorithms, it's not going to reach everyone.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, so I think that incrementality in its early stages kind of disregarded that level of the that part of the of the methodology. So I think there's a lot of uh, cynicism based on like early incrementality or lift measures, where <clears throat> you know people argue that you know there's an inherent bias in the results because. Because of the way that uh, digital channels' algorithms uh, execute, so it was really Facebook that started with the uh, the ITC Intention street methodology, and that's kind of like enabled uh, the rest of the markets to follow suit with a with a methodology that is, you know, hundred percent robust uh, in the way that uh, the way that it's executed. However, the limitations of that are it can only be done channel by channel. There is no cross-channel incrementality uh, solution. Uh, mm. It doesn't exist yet. Uh, if it ever does exist, that might be the kind of thing the, uh, to enable the uh, the main source of truth, but the limitations around it are, are, are quite steep. Uh, so uh, I kind of think that might, that kind of solution might not be available for uh, for a while. This is where attribution comes in. So attribution, when uh, executed effectively, it will follow a couple of a couple of quite important points. Uh, so any attribution that is click based only is in itself very, very limited. Uh, So attribution processes, uh, which a number of uh, vendors uh, uh, are offering services for now, it has to include both impressions or views and clicks as well uh, to have the full picture. And so when you've got incrementality measurement done across each of the channels that you're active in, uh, and then you overlay that with uh, the attribution results, What you can do with attribution results, including last click, actually is you can use incrementality findings to create multipliers for uh, for the attribution results. Uh, so essentially, incrementality is establishing your your overall uh, benefit from channels. Uh, attribution is then then becomes the kind of ongoing campaign optimization uh, process where the results that you see in the ongoing attribution are are calibrated against what you see in incrementality. Mm. Uh, And then the third component of that, media mix modeling, what incrementality and attribution both do is they do short-term campaign assessments very well, but they don't have the long-term view. This is where media mix modeling comes in, where uh, when you have media mix modeling overlay across all of the marketing activity, traditional uh, and uh, digital, and you're introducing uh, economic factors, like environmental factors, uh, competitor activity, you start to then get a long-term view of like full cross-channel impact distribution. And with Media mix Modeling, you can then start to introduce concepts around what are the synergies between media, you know, which which channels work really well together, what are the antigies, which channels don't work well together. Mm. Uh, you can look at points of diminishing return uh, that can help enable budget distribution. And again, all of the Media Mixed Modeling results can then get calibrated against the incrementality and attribution results. Uh, in the uh, telephone directory DRTV example uh, that I just gave to not only understand what is the best representation of impact for these channels, but also what is the role of channel uh, in terms of which stage of the funnel are they most likely to be beneficial. It's kind of hard to get to a point where you've got all the all those three components uh, as part of a, a measurement strategy, but the, you know there are tools and resources out there that, that make it a lot easier uh, these days. I think that one of the main gripes that I have with last click measurement is I think it it kind of like took a lot of the common sense out of uh, out of measurement, mm. and I think that it used to be that a huge amount of time was invested in uh, defining measurement strategy and then also executing against measurement plans. And you know when the low cost, low touch, easy integration uh, capabilities with things like last click attribution came in, I think it took a lot took away a lot of the thinking that used to happen. And so uh, I think that marketers are not able to make as good decisions as they used to and i think that that's why you know a renewed focus that is going to have to happen when it comes to things like cookie deprecation i think that's ultimately be a good thing because it will require an investment in time and potentially investment in uh, in third parties but i think having that strategy in place will just enable so much better decisions and uh, advertisers will be able to get so much success from their from their media mix and,
0: and their campaign uh, execution You mentioned the importance of not just the click, but also the view and the impression. Where does attention measurement come into play for you guys? I mean, TikTok itself is a pretty short attention span environment, if I may say. I mean, you're not spending a lot of time on a video unless (laughs) you get really sucked in right away. People can flip past. So how do you know that uh, an ad is actually getting... Viewed and viewed long enough that it makes a significant impression in someone's memory. I know there's been lots of attention studies in various mediums going around. I'm just curious how important attention is for what you guys are doing. Uh, it's something that we're looking
1: into very deeply at the moment, uh, and we're investing in research to uh, try and understand for ourselves the uh, the role of attention uh, when it comes to when it comes to measurement. I think there's a lot of things to consider here. For one thing, uh, attention based metrics. Are not consistent across different channels. Uh, so I think that the industry overall is kind of searching for what is that consistent view of attention that uh, that everyone agrees with and uh, is a robust methodology. I think the the main focus for attention that we have at the moment is how do we connect attention metrics to outcome metrics. So how can we find that correlation between uh, duration of view and uh, an ROI or duration of view and uh, lifting consideration, uh, and then is that variable? How volatile is that relationship? Uh, and then we start to look at, well, if there is a connection between uh, attention and uh, outcomes, what drives attention? Uh, is it creative quality? Is it the target audience? Is it the size of the brand? That That's the kind of sequence that I think we all need to figure out in terms of, can attention influence outcomes? Uh, if so, what is the right metric for attention? Uh, and uh, can that be applied consistently across all channels? Mm. And then... most beneficial to uh, advertisers themselves is, well, if attention does correlate with outcomes, how can we drive up our attention? And that's where it it feeds into, you know, what are the right creative recommendations, targeting recommendations, et cetera, uh, to maximize attention. Uh, And I think that the stage we're at in this investigation is probably, it's still in the early stages. Uh, This is is where, you know, my team, I, I speak to our research insights team about our position on attention uh, all the time. We've got we've got research out there in market uh, right now uh, where we're going to be. I think throughout the year releasing our positions mm. and uh, on on attention, and uh, we're still learning for ourselves in terms of the relevance of it and uh, and how metrics can be created. But I think ultimately it will become very very important. Uh, I think that there's just a lot of things to figure out. Uh, that is an industry industry challenge at the moment. Uh, I think that I, I I saw a paper recently from. Um, uh, from Karen Nelson Field, where she touched on a lot of these, uh, a lot of these kind of challenges. Where you know she talks about, you know, the the size of the brand is highly relevant when it comes to attention, and the quality of attention for a small brand is not necessarily consistent with the quality of attention for the big brand. And she touched on uh, the relationship with outcomes as well, where you know she kind of speculated that you know we're pretty sure that attention drives outcomes, but what can we learn from attention from outcomes? Like, is it is a is there a correlation the other way or is there a relationship the other way? Like, is, Mm -hmm. you know, are outcomes more indicative of the quality of the attention? And so it was a good paper, but I think it was it wasn't quite as conclusive as I think that, you
0: know, the the industry is ready for just yet. Well, I look forward to, to seeing your, your research on it uh, when, you, when you do release more in the future. Um, I do think, yeah, an extremely important question because, yeah, mm. different mediums generally do better for attention, but how important is that necessarily for what an individual brand or advertiser is trying to accomplish? I mean, I think, yeah, it's an open question. I, I
1: kind of think... With attention, uh, I actually, I've been thinking a lot about when uh, viewability uh, became uh, really important to advertisers. So that was kind of around 2015, uh, mm-hmm. 2016, where, uh, you know, viewability was, that was viewed as, you know, the new most popular metric. It was, uh, it was critical to understand uh, the, the viewability numbers across channels and, um, you know, there's MOC guidelines around it. And it was integrated into media buying. I think the importance of viewability kind of got a little bit lost over the years uh, where there was never that connection of, well, what does viewability translate into uh, in in real business terms? And I think that, I think if we don't figure that out for attention, uh, I kind of feel that attention might slip off the radar Mm. uh, to some extent over the next few years if we don't like
0: figure that out properly. Uh, Earlier, you mentioned that you view TikTok as uh, an entertainment company. That's yeah. how TikTok views itself. Mm-hmm. And to me, that it brings up a sort of debate among advertisers that I've heard a bunch, which is you know, how much is TikTok like TV as opposed to like social media companies? I'm curious from a, a measurement perspective, would you want to be considered more like TV in terms of you know measurement effectiveness and, and what you guys might be able to offer? I think there's probably a few components uh, to that before the measurement
1: perspective. So mm-hmm. I think from a user perspective, uh, we don't, we don't view ourselves in the same light as uh, as TV in terms of, you know, we're not trying to compete for, you know, TV audiences necessarily. And we don't have, you know, the the dual screening narratives that uh, I think some other channels have, uh, have put out. And we think that, you know, TikTok and TV are in a lot of ways quite complementary to each other. And I think that you know, I I see a lot of content on TikTok uh, which is, you know, reminders of old TV shows that I uh, that I used to watch and so then I'll go back to TV and, and watch I'm, them. I'm very
0: curious about, about your for you algorithm, excuse me, for you algorithm actually. I'd be curious to see what you see on on your own platform. So it's a lot of older TV shows that you see sometimes?
1: Uh, I do see a lot of that. Um <laughs> That's cool. I'm not sure. I'll have to think about it. I might show you my for you <laughs> later on. <laughs> we can do so. I may day. not. Uh <laughs> But there's that connection, and I think that you know a lot of the things that we're all generally interested in on, that we watch on TV, uh, we'll start to see that reflected in you know naturally in uh, you know what what we're served on on TikTok. So mm. I think there's the relationship based on the the interests and uh, and hobbies and you know passions that we have. That's all going to be reflected on TikTok in an automated way. Uh, with TV, we're more in control of uh, of what we consume and. You know, we, we kind of see it as a, as a complementary relationship. From a measurement perspective, you know, the the idea of joint industry councils, I wouldn't say it's a major part of our strategy. However, uh, we have invested a lot in our relationships with the WFA, ANA, ISBAR, IAB. Uh, and from a pure measurement perspective, the process that we're going through in many markets is looking to integrate with like, accredited uh, cross-channel measurement platforms. Uh, so where... The advertisers can see the view of tv alongside the digital channels uh in terms of incremental reach and audience verification uh, based on demographics so so in the uk you know we're involved with project origin uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is going on throughout the year where all of the d- digital channels uh and the tv networks are involved uh and the uh, the big six agencies and some independents and and the biggest advertisers what, what we're trying to create in the uk is we're trying to create a an overall Uh, media measurement currency which does reflect the relationship between tv and tiktok and all these other channels as well Uh, and that's already been previously available and there's a number of uh, similar projects happening in in different markets uh, certainly in the us Uh, and we're speaking to you know measurement providers that have got you know connection to both tv panels and digital panels and so we we're, we're investing a lot in terms of establishing our The relationship of our audience to the tv audience but we're not we're not using that to or we don't want to use that to kind of like push out the message that you know tiktok is like tv (laughs) it's it's, (laughs) it's
0: not not it's, it's just not the way we think about it would you say it's unfair to say like tiktok is almost coming for tv or that tv should be concerned about viewers using your platform more
1: i don't think they should be concerned i mean i think it's uh you know in terms of like the competing channels like the well in terms of like the av- other advertising channels we don't focus too much on uh, what they're doing in terms of their own advertising experience uh, really i mean we we we're focused on you know making the user experience and the advertiser experience as as strong as possible on tiktok and obviously we we're aware of uh, of what the other channels are, uh, are doing but we certainly don't view any other channel whether it's tv or another digital channel we don't view them with the kind of uh, the opportuni- opportunistic angle, uh, mm. uh, essentially, and it's not a major part of our strategy to to take down TV. It's right. like that, <laughs> that's just
0: not how we think about it. More important to collaborate on measurement. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Something that uh, executives uh, at TikTok, I think, have been communicating a lot, um, including at the For You Summit, is, is that it's a full funnel opportunity. Yep. Um, and I'm curious, just from a measurement perspective, what, what kind of backs that up? What is the sale when you're trying to talk to clients and say? look, it is full funnel and we can prove that it can do that for all for you. Uh,
1: yeah, so the measurement solutions that we've created and the measurement partnerships that we've established, uh, it's across a full suite of uh, uh, measurement outcomes, uh, which is across the funnel. So uh, from you know initial exposure through to recall awareness, then going that, uh, through to favor- brand favorability consideration, then ultimately through to purchase, and then even beyond purchase, what does repeat purchase and lifetime value look like? we have seen examples of uh, strong performance in each of those areas uh, and uh, and pretty consistently strong performance and the way that we think about it in terms of how to position the uh, the channel it, it is heading towards uh, we want we want to be perceived as a full final channel because that's where we believe that we can add you know significant uh, business outcomes uh, and i think that you know the way that uh, we're building our uh, our advertising products and our advertising propositions uh, we're we're trying to recognise the fact that uh, advertisers both have brand activity and they have performance activity, and uh, you know we're 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 building our products to accommodate that. And from a measurement perspective, you know we're integrating our brand measurement tools and our performance measurement tools uh, into consolidated solutions uh, now. So we want to understand, you know, what's the simultaneous brand impact and performance impact, and you know what's the halo impact of brand advertising over performance advertising, and. And create solutions where advertisers have the opportunity to create full funnel strategies and execute full funnel strategies uh, on on TikTok. I think it's we're not as well defined channel as some in terms of if you think about paid search. I mean that's pure performance. Like there's 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 no way that paid search is is ever going to influence you know favorability or, or consideration. Mm. Uh, and then on the other end, TV and out out of home channels, for example. They're very much upper funnel uh, uh, channels. Uh, they they can have influence on lower funnel outcomes for sure, and they uh, and they know that they do. But there isn't a
0: vehicle for direct response when it comes to. Uh, to but to there mean. is soon. I mean, uh, they're they're looking at Possibly. some some shopping experiences, yep. for instance. Uh, I know Disney Plus is very excited about this at the moment, yeah. and I know that TikTok also does this as well.
1: Yes, so, no, that's true. Uh, but the connection isn't uh, isn't as close to uh, to the you know, the, the web and, and, uh, right. mobile. Uh, I'm sure channels. that they've
0: got people working on that very, I'm sure very they do. Early. Uh,
1: yeah. you know, but we feel that our advertising proposition is, is a long way there to being, uh, you know, a complete full funnel solution. And even beyond the funnel, uh, you know, we're talking a lot about how can we, uh, create measurement solutions, which, uh, uh, look at, you know, retention and growth of customers and, uh, you know, integrate into advertisers lifetime value models. So, so, I think, as well as being full funnel for acquisition, we're also thinking about how can uh, TikTok be used to uh, to help businesses build relationships with their customers once acquired. And so, mm. we know that we've got the opportunity and we've got the evidence that we we can have impact across the funnel, and um, and we're focused on building out our our products, our measurement solutions, to be able to accommodate that.
0: Well, I've got uh, one more question for you. It's a question that we ask everyone that comes on the show, and it is sort of connected to the very first question that I asked you about your, your media career. And mm. um, I'm curious, especially for for someone that's worked in media measurement for for a number of years, I mean, what makes you passionate about media? And, and what makes you passionate about working in this industry?
1: The first thing that attracted me to, uh, to this industry was actually the nature of the role. So it was around measurement and analytics. I, I've always been a very analytical person. I like working with numbers. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's an interest that I kind of developed at university and uh, in the degree that I was doing, it had a lot of, uh, you know, statistical and analytical components, and uh, and I really enjoyed that. And uh, you know, being able to leverage those those skills in a in a work environment is uh, is it, great for me because I you know I just I just enjoy doing it. Uh, I think the next component is the the approach of the businesses that I've worked for. So I think, especially in the last decade decade or so, I've always worked for businesses that have a very clear mission and. You know, I think a mission-led business, particularly where that mission is to you know benefit benefit users, benefit consumers, that's that's a really great thing to be a part of. And um, you know, I started experiencing what that was like probably when I first joined uh, Facebook, and then you know, every business I've worked at since uh, has always been heavily mission-led, and uh, you know, everyone everyone is working towards you know common goals that that resonate deeply throughout the business. And then for media specifically. I was always really curious about advertising when I was a kid, and I was actually I was thinking about this the other day, where I probably remember my favourite ads from when I was a kid more than I remember about the shows that I was watching. And, <laughs> do, um, you have a, do you have a specific favourite ad that comes to mind? <laughs> well, favourite ad from when I was a kid, I used to really yeah. like the, uh, I don't know if they still make them, but the Chewitt's sweets, uh, and they had this like kind of the Chewitt's dinosaur or monster kind of thing, nice. and they'd like go charging through cities and eat all the buildings. <laughs> Uh, and I used to, I used to love it, and um, and I think I've I've always been curious about it. I think that you know the ability to create something that people are talking about in thirty seconds or less is uh, is, is quite an interesting feat in uh, in a lot of ways. I think actually just in terms of my favourite ad of all time, uh, my mm-hmm. favourite ad of all time uh is one for the dollar
0: shave club i don't know if you yeah i remember that they were like they were everywhere a few years ago i don't know i don't see them as much for whatever reason but yeah
1: yeah uh so the first ad they did it was uh i think they only had like ten thousand dollars to spend on it or something right. and um so they just did an ad i think filmed on people's phones uh in the warehouse and it was just uh oh people search for it like it's it's just really funny and it was uh it was executed perfectly and um only executed digital on digital uh, channels. Uh, actually, they didn't put any money behind it initially. Uh, they, you know, they relied on it going viral, and then they, mm. and then they backed it with investment, and then, and then they got bought by Unilever, Unilever a few years later for a billion dollars. So, uh, yeah, just a just a really impactful entertaining ad uh, that you know everyone everyone should check out. Mm.
0: The the importance of both really fun creative humor, uh, yeah, h- included, and then also a good media plan using organic, and then
1: exactly, yeah, by, yeah. Uh, and I think that the the interest that I have in advertising is uh, so at TikTok, it's, it's perfect because, you know, we've got the platform that allows for such an amount of creative flexibility and uh, direct interaction with uh, with their consumers. And, you know, the quality of the creative and the quality of the content that, uh, that advertisers are putting out there is exceptional. And um, I think coming back to the measurement role, like being, being able to be part of the client conversations where, you know, through measurement, we can help advertisers uh succeed and you know grow their own businesses is
0: uh yeah it's very rewarding oh well it's a a lovely answer and uh steve thanks so much for joining me i really really appreciate you being here
1: Oh, no worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Media Leader podcast. This episode was edited by our production partners, Trisonic. You can find and listen to all our episodes on our website at themedialeader.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. But just remember, please do subscribe to be notified
0: when we release our next episode. From all of us at The Media Leader, I'm editor Omar Oaks. Our executive producer is Jack Benjamin. See you next time.